Hi, this is Pam Johnson. Today I will be discussing common errors in body CT and how to avoid them. This is a very technically oriented talk that focuses on data acquisition, data reconstruction, and uh, how, the, how it's uh, important to tailor your protocol t in order to avoid misdiagnosis. Misdiagnosis can occur when the radiologist fails to identify disease or mischaracterizes the CT findings on the study. The factors that contribute to this include both data acquisition, for example, if you have a suboptimal protocol which does not maximize the conspicuity of the pathology that you're evaluating, or the radiologist's interpretation of a good study if the radiologist did not make the findings or made the findings but did not understand the significance or formulate the proper differential diagnosis. Mischaracterization of findings can also be influenced by data acquisition, again, if it's a suboptimal protocol, or during interpretation if the radiologist misinterprets the findings or, again, fails to simulate the correct differential diagnosis based on the findings identified. So these are the various pitfalls that I will review. In terms of data acquisition, using the wrong timing of acquisition, using the wrong combination of acquisitions when you do a multi-phase post-IV contrast enhanced study. When you're using gating, there are a number of pitfalls in terms of pitch and pulsing window, and these pertain to the patient's baseline heart rate. And I'll review this quickly, briefly now. I discussed this in an aorta uh, vodcast that I give as well, but it's essential to be certain that you have correctly identified the patient's heart rate. Uh, prior to selecting the pitch or applying the ECG pulsing window. And when you uh, administer the IV contrast, sometimes the heart rate will go up. So our techs will observe the patient for, for quite a while prior to performing a gated study to make sure that they have identified what the heart rate will be once the contrast is infused and the examination is performed and this is also one of the advantages of doing a test bolus because then you'll see if administration of a small amount of contrast will make the heart rate go up. If you select the wrong heart rate, or I'm sorry, if the heart rate varies once you do the study then the pitch that was selected prior to the exam will not be optimal and the pulsing window will also not be optimal and this will result in compromising image quality. Um, Additional data acquisition pitfall would be insufficient contrast enhancement, and I will discuss that. After you've acquired the scan, there are data reconstruction pitfalls, which include using the wrong reconstruction section thickness or performing interpretation with only axial images and not using uh, multiplanar reconstructions. So let's talk about acquisition timing. There are three ways to time a CT scan, an IV contrast enhanced scan, you can use a fixed delay, bolus tracking, or a test bolus. Some of the pitfalls include when you're using a fixed delay, if the patient has cardiac dysfunction, then the standard time that you would use for an arterial phase scan, for example, will not um, be, be appropriate because the patient's cardiac function will delay the peak enhancement in the aorta. With bolus tracking, some of the pitfalls include incorrect placement of the region of interest cursor, especially if there's calcification, use of the wrong trigger, if there's streak artifact from dense veins, 
the patient breathes and the ROI moves or the patient valsalvas. So here's a pearl that we recognize, and that is that test bolus technique is is optimal, particularly for coronary artery imaging. It's the most accurate way to time an arterial phase acquisition. It enables the patient to experience the contrast effect. You can see if the heart rate will be elevated after you uh, give contrast, so you can predict what the heart rate will be during the actual scan. So let's review the various different timings that are used primarily for uh, abdominal imaging, but also for pulmonary artery imaging. One of the earliest times that we use in body CT is the pulmonary artery timing. This is about 15 to 20 seconds after you initiate contrast infusion. And for PE imaging, most people will perform bullish tracking with the ROI cursor on the main pulmonary artery. Depending on how fast your scanner is, if you have a 64-slice scanner, we find that 120 to 150 Hounsfield unit is the optimal trigger. With, our, with newer scanners, like our dual-source 128-slice scanner, you set the trigger higher because the scan is so fast that you can capture the peak and you can uh, acquire the data slightly later when the, right at the peak of contrast enhancement. So we use around 200 Hounsfield units. And here's some examples. Here's a very nice study with the cursor in the main pulmonary artery using a 143 Hounsfield unit trigger. We have excellent pulmonary artery enhancement, better than, higher than the aorta. That's what you, that's the goal of a PE study is to image with the contrast still in the right heart. Here's this patient with pulmonary embolism. Again, an excellent study triggered at 128 Hounsfield units with the cursor in the main pulmonary artery. And we can see thrombus in both right and left pulmonary arteries. Um, again, another patient with PE triggered at 155 Hounsfield units, still an excellent study, slightly higher than the aorta. Um, we still see that we see bilateral pulmonary emboli very well. So here's a couple of examples of studies with lesser image quality. Here's one that's adequate but suboptimal. The trigger was a little high, 180 Hounsfield units. And it's still a good study. We still get good enhancement of the central pulmonary arteries, but you can see that at this point, the main pulmonary artery and the aorta are about the same enhancement level, and this is a little bit too late. For 128-slice CT, here's perfect timing. Using 199 Hounsfield units, you can see excellent enhancement in the pulmonary arteries, and because the scanner is so fast, scanning within seconds, uh, we really capture the peak pulmonary artery enhancement before the contrast has gone from the right heart into the left heart. Here's a patient where we waited a little bit too long, 290 Hounsfield units, and you see that the aorta and the pulmonary artery are pretty much isodense, equally enhanced. Um, we do find, though, in some of, in these cases with this fast faster scanner that it's still a very good quality enhancement level of the pulmonary artery, um, but optimally we would prefer to have the contrast all in the right heart. So some of the pitfalls that lead to, that result in a compromised enhancement level and a lower quality pulmonary embolism study include positioning the region of interest cursor in the wrong place, as in this case it's along the margin of the main pulmonary artery. It should be within the center of the artery. In this case, the patient moved. You can see breathing and completely repositioned the region of interest cursor, not even in the pulmonary artery. Patient breathed again, the cursor is back in the pulmonary artery, so that's one problem. 
And here's one where it looks to be well-positioned, 145 Hounsfield units, and still we have a suboptimal contrast enhancement level. This happens sometimes, and the theory is that the patient has valsalvid, and so we, we try to avoid telling them to take a deep breath because if they valsalva, we will have a altered hemodynamics that really compromise the pulmonary artery enhancement level. So those are the uh, different factors that result in suboptimal pulmonary artery opacification with the last one being the Valsalva. Okay, so let's talk about abdominal CT now, abdominal CT imaging. This was a great article written by Dr. Foley back in 2000 that nicely described the different timings used for abdominal CT. But This was pertaining to hepatic CT. And so these include early arterial, uh, late arterial, and venous phase. And this table from that article in AJR shows the timing very well with the first block being the early arterial, second being the late arterial, and then the third lowest block being the venous phase. Let's talk about early arterial phase imaging. This is the timing that's used for CT angiography. It is also the arterial phase of a renal study. It's the corticomedullary phase. But there's no proven benefit to improve detection of hepatocellular carcinoma or pancreatic carcinoma with an early arterial phase. The optimal timing for those tumors is the late arterial phase, which I'll discuss in a minute. So again, here's that paper from Dr. Foley. Here's the early arterial phase. It's about 25 seconds after you initiate contrast enhancement in the average patient. And as I mentioned earlier, test bolus technique is optimal, especially for the car coronaries. But for routine aortic imaging and abdominal imaging, we often use bolus tracking with the region of interest in the descending aorta. And we use a trigger of 230 Hounsfield units with our 64-slice scanner or a later trigger of 250 Hounsfield units with a faster scanner for the reasons that I discussed previously. So let's talk about the pitfall of a fixed delay as a patient with cardiac dysfunction, here's the arterial phase. You can see that the contrast has not even reached the kidneys, so we didn't, don't have anything near a corticomedullary enhancement of the kidneys. We do have contrast in the aorta. And at the 60-second acquisition, which should be the venous phase and the kidneys should be homogeneously enhanced, now we have corticomedullary enhancement. And now we also see this enhancing nodule in this cyst. And this is a cystic renal cell. Now you if all you had was that first arterial acquisition, you could miss this, and this is the difference between a simple cyst and a cancer. So timing is essential. This is one of the advantages of performing multiple post-contrast acquisitions in renal protocol, which I'll discuss later. Okay, the late arterial phase, this is uh, the optimal timing for identifying hepatocellular carcinoma, hypervascular hepatic metastases, and pancreatic cancer. This is the pancreatic phase of a pancreatic cancer protocol, which I will discuss a little later. This timing is about 35 to 45 seconds after you've initiated contrast infusion. If you're going to use a fixed delay, there was a study that showed it should be about 38 to 43 seconds after you've started contrast. Okay, and the phase that follows would be the venous phase. The venous phase is the most widely used phase for abdominal imaging. It's the, the timing that we use for hypovascular hepatic masses, for pancreatic cancer detection. It's part of that protocol. It's the nephrographic acquisition of a renal protocol. It's your routine abdominal imaging, appendicitis, diverticulitis, lymphoma timing. And then there are some specialized applications. It's generally at about 60 seconds that you want to initiate your venous phase. And 
For some unique indications, if you're looking at the inferior vena cava, we wait a little bit longer, 90 seconds, to make sure that there's no mixing artifact. And for lower extremity veins, we use 120 seconds. So those are specialized venous applications. And I'll give you a couple of pearls for venous imaging. The superior mesenteric vein, if you have a late arterial phase or your venous phase is a little early, it often appears thrombosed because of admixing from the unenhanced veins. And another uh, venous pearl is that varices look like a soft tissue mass on the arterial phase. You really need a venous phase to make this diagnosis. So let's look at a couple cases. Here's pseudothrombus of the superior mesenteric vein on this arterial phase. Looks like a clot. See this all the time. And then on the venous phase, completely normal. So that is pseudothrombus. And... Uh, you have to be very careful if your timing is not late enough for imaging the SMV. Here's a patient with a real SMV thrombus on the venous phase. You can see that uh, even on this later acquisition, there is a definite thrombus in the superior mesenteric vein in this patient with ileal carcinoid. Okay, let's talk about varices real quickly. These occur in patients with portal hypertension, cirrhosis, portal vein occlusion, splenic vein occlusion, and on an arterial phase, looks like a mass. I have seen cases that look so much like a gastric cancer. You see this on an arterial phase study, you have got to look at the venous phase. If you see anything in the region of the gastroesophageal junction. These look more like varices. Look at the difference during the venous phase. This is when they fill in, and this is a mistake you don't want to make by calling this a tumor. Okay, the delayed acquisition, uh, this, this is... Uh, this is something that should really should be limited to very specific indications. I, in the old days, we would often perform a delayed acquisition for, for routine imaging. This is no longer indicated. You can do a delayed acquisition during a urogram using like a five-minute delay, a little bit later if you need to see the bladder. The delayed acquisition is part of the adrenal protocol for washout, and we use 15 minutes. And in some places, uh, a delayed acquisition will be part of a hepatocellular cancer protocol. So very limited indications for delayed timing. Okay, I think I'll take a break there. When I come back, we will discuss selecting the right set of acquisitions, when to, when to combine which acquisitions. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> 